Episode 18, guys. Don't fucking turn the mic this way. Audio is bummed. Don't turn the mic that way anymore. I'm working on this. What's up, bros? Episode 18, Brian Goodwin episode. Happy Father's Day to all of our dads out there. Good. Happy Father's Day. Almost Frank Trout. Happy Father's Day. Oh, we didn't fucking mention. Today, we have at the back end of this, we got the GOAT. The goal, also a father. The GOAT play-by-play announcer. Mr. Victor Ross himself. I get blessed with his time. Yes, sir. We chopped up them for like, shit, like 40 minutes, huh? It was a long time. It's a long interview. And Victor, this tight as fuck. Victor gets it. He gets it. He, we need, if you want baseball to grow, you need to get Victor Rojas and clone him seven billion times. Sure, is the whole world going to be Chiefs fans? Yeah. But this guy just gets it, and and I was a little surprised because when we interview like you know guys that are in the booth, you can't expect them to like be cut and dry and like straight edge. And this guy just let it rip, and he just kind of talked about how he felt and said he wants more backflips and how like the traditional shit gotta go. I should hashtag Rojas for conditioner. I, I was thinking that too yesterday. Whenever we sick ass conditioner. Yeah. Fuck, Manfred. See ya. Fuck the owners that are not trying to make this happen. Nerd. Hey, do you even Fuck know? Fuck everyone, dude. Do you even know what's going on anymore? No, because they've, like, they've publicly brought their fight to, like, that's what Victor was saying, too. Like, brought their fight to the public eye, and now everyone just looks like a fucking moron. And, of course, they're trying to pin down the players. Like, oh, they're, they're being selfish. They don't want to do it. But, like, I have no doubt in my mind that the owners are being dumb fucks. As of right now, Sunday night, Father's Day, happy Father's Day, everyone. Um, as of right now, I have no idea what the current status of the negotiations are. I'm going to go off the dome. I think, not great. I think they're voting for something. I don't know what. Well, they gave, they said that they, after the players, so. The owner said 60, the okay. player said 70, okay. and then we're hoping to agree somewhere in the middle, you know? What's and the then, vote for? I don't know, but after that, they said, like, the owners declined the 70 proposal, and then they said that they're not going to do nothing. Like, the, the MLC, that's it. Yeah, they said they're not going to do a new offer. So tell us when and where, and then they said 60, and then the players are like, no, 70. Okay, so that's kind of... Because I think tell us when and where kind of went out the window real quick. Yeah, I guess we're right. trying to like, I mean, tell us when and where. Okay, 60 games. July Man. 3rd. Nah. 70 games. It's like, speaking of July 3rd, should, should, right should we tell people? No, not yet. Not yet? Not yet. Oh, not yet. why not we yet? We got something in the chamber. We got something in the chamber. Okay, my, my well, MVP run isn't ready yet. Huh. I have more coming. Yeah, I know. Look at you. Team logos are on the way. And as you guys notice, we're not wearing Angels gear. Look right at you. Right. We feel like Angel, Angels gear is cool. We'll probably still do it sometime. But I think this is a good way for you guys to get to know us a little better, even if it's <laughs> <laughs> So you'll be like, oh, shit, Max, it's like San Diego State. that he put $200 for them to win the NCAA tournament and the NCAA tournament got canceled? Or does my sister go there? Huh? Maybe both. You know? Who knows? Does Carl like the Miami Heat? Or is one of his toxic traits just liking teams based off of their colors? That's toxic trait. Um, real quick, I guess, before we get started, even though we already got started, we're going to rewind back uh, before we restart. You guys see the fade. 
You see the fade. If you want to get blended up, make sure you guys hit Rico's uh, on Fullerton, in Fullerton, on Fullerton, in Fullerton, whatever. It's on Commonwealth and right around Harbor. Uh, phone number is going to be right here. Make sure you ask for David. He will lace you up. Perfect scenario. You pull up to Rico's, 5 p.m. You get a haircut, shampoo, shave. You're at a 6, drive, 15 minutes south, boom, you're at the big A. You're fucking getting helmet nachos against the A's. And then you're fucking breaks up the A's, smashing the A's. Goes back to fucking the A's. And get a fishbowl <laughs> and get a lot Well, you don't have to go back. You're at the game. Helmet nachos, your hair is looking good. They're going to be like, hey, you want to wear a hat? And you're like, no, my hair looks too good to wear a hat. Rico's in Fullerton. Make sure you guys check that out. Um, now I guess we should get into the show. Um, I guess one of the things, let's just talk about it. We are a new podcast. We're 18 episodes in. And personally, I think if we held a convention in Tulsa, Oklahoma, we would have more people show up. There's a very good chance, 100%. The thing with that is... You're allowing that many people to go into a place, uh, a venue, whatever, you know, and maybe I, I mean, I could just be nitpicking, but I don't think I saw any masks in there. Not at all. So I didn't see any either. It's, it's just wild because they're allowing those things to happen for, we're not going to say his name is like Voldemort, but they're allowing that to happen. DT. And yeah, but then sports are like, we're not going to have fans. Sports is, sports is Knicks. But, but fucking certainly is. Yeah, get the fuck out of here, dude. Also, what are we doing? Hey, also, the fucking balls on this guy to have his rally on Juneteenth is political. Insane. Too political. Yeah, that's all. And that's my fault for bringing it up. But that's all I'm gonna say. I had to say about that. Um, Also, I think NASCAR. Oh, fucking not great, dude. They found Monica wrote a blog. Ooh, not looking too hot. They found a. You saw the news thing. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's fucking horrible. Can't do that. That's his name, Bubba Stewart, right? I don't know. Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace. Bubba Stewart. Black. (laughs) Bubba Stewart. He's black too. The national. Oh, I thought. Okay. He's talking about Bubba Sparks. Booty, 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 booty. Well, there's a lot of Bubba. Bubba Sparks. Bubba Stewart. BMX. Motocross rider, Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace, NASCAR. African American NASCAR, NASCAR driver. driver, and they put a noose in, in his like garage thing or something. I thought. So here's what I thought. I, I like, thought, what the fuck is wrong with you? I thought Bubba Stewart, Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace is a NASCAR guy. Bubba Wallace. I thought he was a white guy, and I thought they found a noose in his garage. No. And I, that makes it so much worse. Yeah, I know. Who so, would do that? That's what I'm saying. It's like yikes. And obviously NASCAR being the predominantly more than predominantly white, you know, it's like basically ninety nine reverse of the NBA. So for that to be like, <laughs> and he's already he's the only black driver. Like for for that to even be, I'm, I'm granted it's probably let's give him the benefit of the doubt. I know it's whatever. That's I like to do that until you fucking prove me otherwise. But there's probably like some fucking bullshit ass joke. And no, uh, no. Not joke, no, not joke. No, 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 I, meant. no. Like, I don't think they're actually gonna try to hate what I'm saying, obviously, but, but it's, it's like just ill time. Exactly. I mean, it's like the any other one thinks that's okay. Any other time, if you're going the joke route, still not okay during what's going on now, yeah, plus social climate, this and Juneteenth, nah, 
Yeah, it's, it's hard. Um, yeah, that's, that's a little too it's it's a little outside of our. Outside Welcome of to CNN. We tricked you. Um, <laughs> no, but this is actually called Rocks in the. Fucking politic Um, Let's get into Halo of the Week. Bring the spirits back up. I really want to give it to Victor. We can't just, like, I, I, I get what you're saying, but every time we have a guest, we're just going to give it to that guest. But we could give it to Victor. I, I got someone no, else to. Okay, who do you have? Because I feel like Halo, he gets his own spotlight on the back end of the show, and he was great. And I, I fucking, I'm Team Vic. I'm Team Vic Fly. Is this the earliest we've ever had Halo? Yeah, but I mean, whatever. We have a loaded back end. Okay, fine. Um, I'm gonna give it to Albert Pujols. Pujols, oh, good, is good. a guy good. who does he fucking leave men on base? Yes. Can he run the bases? No. Can he field? Wait, wait. wait. You, hey, you ask the question, yes. and then I'm gonna answer. No, I already did. No, do it. Can Albert Pujols round the bases? In calculating, yes. Again. Can you round the bases? Everyone can round the okay. bases. Can Albert Pujols run the bases? No. Can Albert Pujols leave men on base? Yes. Does he sometimes sit out games? Yes. Is he sometimes... Does he never sign autographs? That is something that's close to home for you. And Very. I you, I remember one day you were like, fuck this guy, man. Fucking piece of shit ass album. Like, I mean, it's hard to be mean to a legend. I was like, what do you mean? And you're like, you never want to fucking sign my shit. Yeah, he never wants to sign. Um, closest I got one time is he told me, he's like, mañana. And I was like, all right, you bet your fucking ass. You came mañana. I'll fucking be here, buddy. Went next day. Just fucking laughed at me. He did? Anyways, uh, Albert Pool. Is that a real story? Yeah. We didn't laugh, but he's just like, no. He's like, not happening. He's like, got him. I'm like, bro, I'm here. So, um, no, he said exactly like that. And then I came the next day, he said no. Um, so, Albert Pujols has been paying minor leaguers, I think. Or staff. No, or staff. Or he's, been, he's been paying someone out of his own pocket. He put up 100 racks. Light work. Put up 100 racks to pay the Dominican, like, I want to say it's like staff, like scouting. Someone in the Dominican, like the Angels Dominican subset, like their talent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the talent, like, scouting or, like, finder or whatever. Yeah, facility or something. Yeah, so he put up 100 racks of his own money. Solid move by Albert. Bang. And he does, I mean, aside, he from, like, aside from his, like, character issues and kind of being a prick, he mm-hmm. does a lot, like, in the community. I know his, I think his daughter is autistic. Yeah. He has, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Okay, yeah, he does a lot for them. Yeah. Like, he, I think that he has a foundation. And, yeah. and he's just top golf every year. He puts a lot of money back into the world. Well, like places that it sh- needs to be and should be and stuff. But then also, Albert, don't be an asshole. Sign my shit. Sign for Max. Um, so that's my Halo Week. Albert, great job. Obviously, get a great example. It's always good to see. Uh, it's always good to see like the fucking angels, first baseman, Albert Pujols, donates, yada yada yada. Because I mean, other guys have done it. Um, who's my Halo Week? Shinsu Shinsu Chu. Shinsu Chu from the Rangers. I yeah. think he. I think he did that too. Yeah. So it's always good to have a guy. Uh, you know, when we can tell their fan base is like, oh, we got we got good guys, yeah, right. So uh, that's my hail of the week, Albert. Um, hey, how about Victor just talking to us on Twitter? Oh, he's talking to me. Yeah, not me. That was tight. Well, I mean, dude, he was just having a conversation with us. He's a guy. He's that was a, fucking tight. He's a guy's guy, and we're, we're like we're Team Vic right now because we just had him on earlier, and you guys are gonna get that in the back half of the show. But we're Team Vic. He's a guy, dude. I could just have a beer with him. And just watch a game. And I think, dude, and it's weird because he is a little older. Granted, he said it, not me. 
Um, he's 52, and he's still so current in the, like, he wants what we want. Yeah, 100%. And he understands that that's, like, that's how the game is going to grow. He kind of shitted on, like, the Father's Day, Mother's Day, that's. Well, he didn't. He just said like shit on it. Up. He didn't shit on it. He was like, he's like, if that's as far as they go to try to bring like awareness to the game, I'm surprised he didn't bring up Players Weekend because Players Weekend is some bullshit. Players Weekend, like, yeah, it's cool, but it's not. I think this just let them wear the cleats they want all the time. Oh, yeah, like like the NBA all the time. Yeah, NFL fucking finds them shit too. Well, like, they have like a month where they can. Uh, yeah, that just started happening though. Like that yeah. just happened like last year. Like my the my cause thing, right? Yeah. My cause, my cleats. So, uh, Victor, Victor's his perspective on things is cool too, and it's like, it's it's just hard because you he even said it himself like baseball is like an old white sport, right? So very old. Very so white. he's saying like the majority of the fan base is white. Like a lot, of, it's like older white people, and since so much of the young talent, the up and comers is white, there's a lot of um, obviously like the Hispanic, the Hispanic base. Baseball is huge in the Hispanic community. Even like players like Tim Anderson, like Keenan Middleton, like like black players that bring their spark to the game. They have their swag, their twist on it. And it's like for this to still only be as, as it's it's really like baseball is just like an American game. It seems like you know, and it's like it really is. like I've never seen like fucking like the, you know how the World Cup when the World Cup is on it takes over the fucking world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like. You can never, even when the World Baseball Classic happens, people don't go fuck. I was actually thinking about that. World Baseball Classic is probably one of the most exciting, other than like MLB postseason. I think it's probably one of the most exciting times. It's so tight. There's baseball being played. Yeah, it's so tight. People don't go fuck. And it's not like basketball where like fuck, oh USA is gonna win. Yeah, it's like this one's like, this one's like, oh shit, dice. Yeah, there's there's a lot of bangers. And um, I don't know. I just. I'm I'm a big fan of like you said growing the game you know so if if we can I think that's our goal I think that's what we're trying to get a little a little tiny semblance of like that's look it's good that we have guys on our side we have we have Vic right who hey we never asked him if he liked being called Vic I don't know Victor Mr Rojas we had Rojas son on Rojas son he like I was surprised that we got that angle from him I I was I was honestly shocked because the old older guy in baseball. Uh, been around the game forever, you know. I kind of expected something a little different, but the fact that he's on the he's on the forefront of like us trying to push the game and make it cooler and make it more accessible and things well, he, like that. You know he what I mean? probably has been he's seen that his whole life too because his pops is like just a there's a trendsetter, and his pops his pops is a Cuban born, you know. Yeah. Like like I think Victor's first generation here, so. Having been around the game his whole life, whatever, like for him to have that perspective is dope, especially for like, not not just like the the Mexican. Yeah, you don't you don't get a lot of, you don't get a lot of guys that age basically telling because when you hear he 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 has a line where he said if you don't want so and so to bat, but don't throw that bullshit. Yeah. Like, I'm paraphrasing. You don't you often hear that from pitchers today. You often hear that from guys that are batting today. You don't hear that from managers. You don't hear that from yeah announcers. You don't hear that from older guys. Exactly. So he's on the forefront. We're making baseball cool again. It's gonna be fucking tight. We'll Carl, me, Vic, we're on the fucking front, front lines in the fucking trenches, trying to make baseball cool again. NBA is cool. We're trying to make this cool. You know, I'll fuck around. I'll make golf cool. Right? I went golfing today. Best time of my life. You, let me guess, you were over 69. 
Oh, I think I finished with like a hundred, and there was like a par seventy. Too many. Yeah, way too many. Too many. Um, no went hiking to try to fucking bring baseball to the mountains, dude. <laughs> yeah, so it's like hike. Bro. I, we're, all, we're all trying to do our part, bro. Noah hikes so much. Noah's hey, literally like, it's, he was the guy in free solo. He's just hype guy. Noah's free solo, dude. It's like, hey, can we record? He's like, no, nah, I got to hike. Free Nolo. <laughs> hey, you got to get that higher elevation training, man. Opens up the lung. Colorado this year. Fuck that. Um, I think we should go to Colorado. I mean, if there's ever games, I will go. I actually can't wait. I, look, man, I want to shout out the Twitter followers real quick. The guys who interact with Rocks in the OF, um, at Rocks in the OF on Twitter. Um, I had a couple of my boys, like, hit me up, yo, uh, just checked out your shit. It's pretty tight, you know. Like, so shout out to the homies too that listen to our shit. So <laughs> people every day. Shout out to the homies. Uh, shout out Travis. Shout out Cameron. Yeah, for sure. Big shout outs. Um, you guys interacting with us is great. I uh, I want to keep the thing like, dude, we're just fans too, right? We're just doing this because we're fans, and we want to be at the big age just as much as you guys. Um, we're working on things that are hopefully going to make the season, the off season, go a little by, go by a little quicker. Obviously, it's been a nightmare of an off season, but Carl and I, strange off season, like we've been of all time, like for us. Well, no, but I'm saying like, like off I mean, season. I don't remember the strike. No, but I'm saying the off season in terms of like, it's it's even more strange because we have nothing to fucking do. Like, we haven't been able to do shit. So, that, like, every yeah. bit of our attention has been on the offseason and like, on baseball and shit. Like the longest offseason. Of next offseason is going to feel like nothing. Yeah. Um, things are so, so promising, too. Dude, I mean, look, it's our first year doing this. We're going to do things at the stadium and yada, yada, yada. And get kicked out by the security guard. So, shout out to the tour followers. I think you guys are great. And can't wait to meet all you guys or, you know, have a beer with you guys at the games when they do kick back up whenever that may be. Um, I want to say like first round on us, but no, I can't. Put it if there's like twenty twenty five people, and it's like fifteen dollar <laughs> beers, I'm like, oh I might, great, I might have to call Vic. There goes fucking three hundred dollars. Vic, let's get a spot. Vic, drop me a three. Yeah, but no, nah, man, I just really think that you guys are tight. I think that we are fortunate. The Rockies, like, we're fortunate to have. I mean, not only people that are in our corner, but like. Lately, it's really felt like people like that root for us. Well, you have to think about it. Look, man, I don't want to. I don't want to toot our own horn, but we're very. We're still new. Obviously, we're not even half a year old. Um, we have about a seventy-five person bubble, right? Twitter, this, uh, about seventy-five people that follow along. You know, friends and family, other people we've met along the way. This podcast has not been around for one meaningful baseball game. And I think that's kind of like a little tricky. Um, Carlos and I have a bunch of things planned. We have a bunch of shit in the chamber. Going yard, the dice league, uh, wiffle ball league. uh, Hey, dude, tailgates. What the fuck? You said we couldn't talk about it. I'm ready for my MVP run. Fuck you, dude. Wiffle ball, tailgates, cornhole before the games, cornhole at the big A, just hanging out at the big A, free games, making other people grill while I eat, uh, not grilling at all. I I'm like grilling. Team of looking at people. Pulling up at Golden Room. You're the MVP. No, you're not. I'm the king of saying you're the MVP at grilling. Yo, this is fire. And I, I just know. don't know how to grill. I, I'm the king of grabbing the spatula and being like, yo, someone flick me up real quick. 
That way, when I'm like flipping it one time, I flip one burger one time, and then I'm like, yo, flick me up, get the flick. People be like, oh, you didn't even cook. Send the yeah, yeah fuck you, man. Yeah, fuck you, I did cook. <laughs> you know what I did? Fucking said, I said someone vid me up yesterday in my fucking beer yeah. blog video. Someone actually told me, you see Carl's beer blog? And I was like, which one? There's so many. No, there's what? What's longer, Game of Thrones or Carl beer bong videos? <laughs> I think you meant that as like there's a lot of them, but you try to say it in a different way, and now it's no, like, there's a lot of them. Now it sounds like I take forever to do a beer bong, and now I'm a fan. And they end disappointing, disappointingly, and uh, the fans <laughs> are mad that, that it ended like that. Um, I did want to touch on one thing before we get to Vic. Don't say it like that. I did want to touch on one thing. Oh, don't. On one consensual of age thing I wanted to touch on. Joe Adele had an interview. He said basically that fucking black athletes always get labeled as quick and fucking all their positive attributes are always like skills that they have. And it's never like an African-American guy getting labeled as like, oh, he has good IQ or he's a smart baseball player or et cetera. Again, I didn't read it, read the fucking headline. And that's true. Why do you think that is? I think it has to do with, like, like Lamar Jackson got that a lot, too. They were never, like, they were saying, oh, elite athleticism so fast, blah, blah, blah. They were never like, oh, you got a fucking rocket for an arm. You can read defenses. No, because I don't know why. Because, I mean, it's just it's the same thing with, like, white dudes when they say, oh, you sneaky fast. Do you think it's it's right, though? Like, do you think there's, like, any validity to maybe, like, maybe Joe Adele is baseball smart, which I assume he is, but – wouldn't you list off your best traits first? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what, yeah. is, is it, do you think he's more explosive than baseball smart, or do you think they're not even comparable? I think, I mean, for his example specifically, like, when you're such a good athlete, like, the way he is, like, he, he's a mix of, like, a lot of, there's, like, <laughs> he's a mix of, of so many different, like, traits that are in his skill set where he's, like, like, at first, all you see is a fucking athlete. You're like, oh, my God, this guy's so fast. Like, his basket is insane, whatever. But, I, yeah, I mean, it's it's weird because I've never heard, like, Tim Anderson fucking high motor. But, like, Tim Anderson's baseball, yeah. like, he was through the roof. Well, like, electric, I've heard, like, Tim Anderson. But, like, because I'm thinking is, like, maybe other guys who maybe are white, maybe their best attributes aren't physical. Yeah. For instance, maybe their might their best attribute might be baseball IQ, and I think that you'd want to put your best attribute at the top of the list. Like, but I'm just playing. This is just the pull holes in the argument. I think Joe Adele is saying though that I obviously think it's fucked up. Yeah, that I think he's saying that like they don't get the credit for being smart because maybe because they're black, maybe not. Well, like, maybe it's because like they only again I'm I'm on Joe Adele's side, but just the pull holes in the argument. Maybe it's just like they're picking the best. Maybe he's. It'd be a crime to like label Joe Adele as like baseball smart and leave out how explosive he is or how electric he is on the field. If you just like label him as like baseball, I mean, again, I don't know. I don't know why they just don't put both. But I don't know. I, I do think it's fucked up, and it is kind of like the Lamar Jackson thing, where like Lamar is like labeled as a running back, or, or like every. African American quarterback in the past like five years is like, hey, are they going to put you at wide receiver? Yeah. And they're like, I'm a quarterback. And you know, they never ask. It's actually more likely that white quarterbacks go to tight end or fullback than 
African American quarterbacks go to wide receiver and running back, and you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it kind of does have hints of like racism and stuff, but I think yeah, but I don't. Yeah. Think that's 100% what it is. And then also, like to your point, I've never heard them say like Mike Trout has such a great baseball IQ. If you want, <laughs> slap me to get it out of your system. Well, Trout says it too. He says what? Like they say he has high IQ. And but they say like everything. They say he's like five two. But yeah. But it's weird that they don't include like baseball IQ as one of the tools. It just kind of seems like an irrelevant tool. Like I mean, it's just like, like off the top runner of your- on, runner on second, one out off the top of your head. You know what I mean? Who has the best baseball IQ? Simba? Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. And it's because – I think it's because he's made so many, like, holy shit, that was smart. I think he's just been in so many – just repetition. He's just, you know, he's been in situations a thousand times. Like, the, times. like the play where he caught the cutoff? Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, Third to second. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, what the fuck? Like, how do you even think of that? But I don't know. I mean, Joe Adele, we got not, not fuck you. I didn't say that. Yes, you did. I didn't say that. Not fuck Joe Adele. Team Joe Adele. Team Joe Adele. Joe knows you're going to be on the podcast eventually. You're going to break unless Max slaps me. Um, sorry for slapping you. Fuck you. I didn't mean to. How can she slap? I didn't mean to upset you that much. Piece of shit. Anyways, um, Joe Adele, that, that story was, uh, again, hints of. I feel like everything has hints of racism. Uh, and that was just one of the many things that I read that I think has hints of it. All right, that's enough uh, baseball talk. That's enough Trump talk. Enough news talk. Enough Joe Adele talk. Um, let's get into this wonderful interview uh, coordinated by Carl. Oh, so good work there. Wonderful uh, Victor Rojas interview. Rockies. Here is Victor Rojas. The goat. You know what's fucking annoying? What's annoying? When you get when slapped? you have to give. <laughs> <laughs> what's annoying? When you have to give someone a business card. And How about when you're at the game and you got it's all crumpled? You up. got helmet nachos in one hand, a tall boy in the other, and someone's like, "Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Get my info." And then you go, "What do you do?" Well, it would be ideal to have something where you just like, "Oh, it's right here," and it's like, "Oh you're my, like a business." You're like this. You're like, "Oh my, my phone's in my pocket, right? Why don't you just tap it real quick? Boom, I'll check it later. Boom, boom, tap it, pop. The number one tool to transfer your contact information." PayPal, Snapchat, Venmo, social media, all the money apps, Instagram, Twitter, anything you want to put on your popple, instantly pass it over to someone else by tapping their phone. You can throw away people's business cards. Um, like I said, you see someone that looks like they're having a good time and say, hey, buddy, haven't seen you in a long time. Hey, just met you. Here's my contact info. Hey, Shotty, you're looking fine. It's the seventh inning. I'm about to leave. Here's my info. Boom. See you at fucking Golden Road. Popple.co. It's the best way to transfer your info. Don't have to memorize your number. Don't have to memorize. Uh, my Instagram is mx1 underscore rockets35 underscore. None of that. Popple.co. Promo code locker for 20% off. It's a slapping good deal. Um, Big, while we have you, I guess there's obviously the big elephant in the room, the whole baseball uh, owners versus the players kind of thing going on. But I do want to say you might have got the coolest birthday present ever with your Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it, man. Uh, who would have thunk it that the Super Bowl always seems to fall right around my birthday. It's on February 3rd. Yeah, and yeah, uh, I've been a long time Chiefs fan, so it was, it was pretty cool to be able to celebrate that weekend with the win. That's, uh, we're, that's funny because we uh, his birthday is actually the second. So Oh, nice. I'm, I'm hoping I get one of those. 
pretty soon. I'm a Bengals fan, so it might be a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a Lions fan, so I don't even can't even smell the playoffs. So, um, so <laughs> obviously, the big elephant in the room is the players and owners. Um, how, how have you been? I mean, dealing with it. We've seen you active on Twitter. How have you been, like, kind of dealing with the the delay? I guess um, kind of roller coaster going back and forth. And yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of what it's been. It's a one big giant roller coaster. I, I think what we what we decided as a family was just kind of do things, you know, kind of that uh, we can control. I mean, going back to uh, March when everything kind of came to a halt, uh, we had no idea when it was all going to end. And so, for me, it was uh, I wanted to stay active not only with our business but also from a baseball perspective. So we started a baseball podcast myself and a guy named Joel Goldberg who works for the Kansas City Royals and so we've been doing that uh, we started the first month or so doing it every day Monday through Friday and then we've gone Monday Wednesdays and third and Monday Wednesday Friday since then and uh, it's kind of given us an opportunity I don't know if it's good but given us opportunity to dissect the baseball side of things um, you know almost on a daily basis although we're only talking about it three times a week but because we're talking about it you you tend to see and read a lot more um, from a national level and how it's impacting uh, not only society, but baseball fans in general. And, and the fact that this stuff is all drug out as long as it has, when it easily could have been probably taken care of behind closed doors and done so uh, really from the beginning of early April uh, and, and maybe already being playing games now. Uh, it's, it's a shame that uh, you're losing fans because of how things have played out in the media. Yeah, and I guess the a lot of people I hear like, oh man, we're losing, we're losing a year of Trout's prime. We're losing like Joe Adele's not getting called up. We're losing, we're missing out on the debut of Rendon, all that. But I mean, maybe because you you and your family have been around baseball for so so long, and I know like your dad was was a big league manager. So does have you gotten perspective from him at all? Yeah, I mean, he's kind of a he's kind of at the frustrated point as well. I, I think he feels like most. Um, he, I mean, he understands it, having been a member of the Players Association, uh, especially early on in its infancy. So he understands the dynamic behind the negotiations and all of that stuff. But look, at the end of the day, you know, we as fans don't really care how all that stuff plays out. All we want to see is, you know, games being played on the field. And unfortunately, because this is all played out in public, when it didn't have to be played out in public, uh, we're all seeing the ugliness of the sport. Um, I keep saying, and I've said this for a number of months now, uh, these are two entities that were able to come to an agreement in March. In late March, they came to an agreement amicably and for the good of the game, for the good of the business, why they couldn't have taken that goodwill and being able to craft that agreement in such a short amount of time and use that as a springboard to, all right, let's now look ahead towards the season and just start doing it quietly and under wraps. And, and if you take that and you build something from that and go forward with it, then you springboard into next year in the collective bargaining agreement. And I just, I don't know who in their right mind thought that this was a good idea to negotiate in public, um, but it's clearly whoever's play it was, it was a pretty dumb play um, because now you've gotten the backlash of everybody. And I mean, everybody weighing in on how silly it all looks and how many fans you're losing uh, on, a, on a daily basis. So 
um, it, it's a shame. It probably could have all been avoided, um, at least on the periphery, right? We're not on the inside and we don't know how ugly it really was maybe in March, but back then it wasn't being played out in public. And so all of that stuff could have been contained and you could have made it appear as if, although contentious, we are working together to try to get the game back on the field. Yeah, one of the things I think it's almost kind of it's almost kind of funny, like an SNL skit. I think is like last year's slogan was like "Let the kids play." You know, they're trying to grow the game, and um, like you know, they they go from "Let the kids play" to you know, letting go of minor leaguers to you know, offering a guy like Trout who makes thirty five mil. They're offering him nine or seven. Um, I know you're on like kind of the forefront of like growing the game. Um, and like, I guess I'm asking is like, how kind of have you been doing that or like spreading it to like other, um, you know, we're, we're trying to make baseball more relatable to like the common sports fan. Um, right. Some things you've been doing to kind of make it a little more popular or a little more, you know, kind of more like, well, I mean, all I, yeah, no, I, all I can do really is kind of promote the game as much as possible. And, and, you know, look, I mean, truth be told, the major league baseball, and you mentioned the, let the kids play and all that stuff. It seems as, and this is my perception, having been around the game my entire life, it seems as if everything that they do, and I mean they being Major League Baseball from a from a marketing, from a growing the game perspective, um, it, it seems to be a Band-Aid approach, right? I just think everything that they do is like, oh, to check a box. We've done this. We've tried that. There's no doubt that baseball is a very regionalized sport. Um, there's probably a reason why a lot of folks, I mean, well, if you've never heard of Mike Trout, you're probably living under a rock, but um, the, the reason why, because, because it's such a regionalized sport. We have regional sports networks that cover our teams and so on and so forth. Um, but I think the, the body of baseball could do such a, a much better job of marketing its players and the game itself. That being said, you have to have parties that are willing to be involved. And until the, there is a partnership, a true partnership between baseball, which is the owner side of things, and the Players Association, where you are working hand in hand to grow the game of baseball, you're just going to continue to get these Band-Aid type of approaches, right? Changing your logo for a certain, uh, certain day or, you know, having Stars and Stripes uniforms on Memorial Day or July 4th and, and the baby blue stuff for uh, Father's Day and the pink bats. To me, after a while, it's like the same old, same old change it out. There's no reason why you can't color outside the lines. And, and I think that's for whatever reason, until you get new blood and new excitement within the, the business side of the game of baseball, willing to try things. And if you fail, no big deal. At least you're trying to do something that brings young fans into the game. Uh, you're going to continue to see the same old thing. And it's, it's unfortunate. And I, I guess I would imagine that when you look at it from a business perspective that, and I, I still believe it's short-sighted, but I think from a business perspective, when you look at, well, franchise values have, have risen incrementally over the last five years, where every franchise is basically worth a billion dollars. The Royals just sold for a billion dollars. Yeah. I mean, uh, this past off season. Uh, so when your business continues to grow as far as it, it worth um, and you're still getting fans, um, I guess maybe from a business perspective, you're like, wow, we know that if we roll the baseball out there and we open the doors, we're, we can count on X amount of dollars every single year. So why, why, why do we need to do more? 
Well, the more of it is that every year that passes, your fan base gets that much older. Yeah. And it already is a skewed demographic. It's already an old white sport, which is – those are facts. That's the demo of the game. And until you get really into the Latin American community, the African American community, and build the sport, if that's what you really want to do and grow the sport at the grassroots level, you're going to continue to have these conversations year in and year out. And that's I, that's a good point. You brought up, like, the how they do, like, the bats or, like, Father's Day, Mother's Day and stuff like that. And I, I know the – the minor leagues, they were doing, I think it was called like the Copa Liberación. It was like uh, all their logos changed. To like, right. Right. So like, right. Even something like that, something so small that could maybe get out to the, to like the Latino community or even like, you have a guy like Tim Anderson, probably arguably one of the, the most popular black players in the sport. Right. And he has like mm-hmm. his, his, his flair, his swag, he does the bat flips and everything. And people seem to take offense to that for some weird reason. Right. Well, I, you know, I, I think it's because, and the people that take offense to it are, the, are those, you know, the hardcore uh, old school mentalities. Look, I'm, I'm 52 years old and I grew up in a game and I was taught to play the game a certain way. Right. And you hear that phrase, he doesn't play the game the right way. That's an old throwback phrase. Yeah. I believe that there is a way to play the game the right way. Right. And the hustle and all that stuff that, the showboating thing, maybe I took offense to it back when I was playing and maybe a little bit after I played and I got into, you know, just working in the real world. But now it's like, it's common, it's common practice. So like, I'm over it. It's like, I don't care. Let's celebrate, man. Have fun. Yeah. You know what? If you're upset as a pitcher that a, a hitter bat flips on you, don't throw a crappy pitch next time. I mean, that's, that's the reality of it, right? That's how you have to look at it. And you mentioned Tim Anderson. And I mentioned the Latin American players, the, the, the word that doesn't get used enough is connectivity, connecting the game with the audience and yeah. finding those, 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 those individuals that are willing to go out in the community and connect with their fan bases, white, black, it doesn't matter what the, the color of their skin or their ethnicity is, but is connecting the game of baseball to the community, especially within the community in which you play in. And there are programs in place. I just think sometimes we don't, we meaning baseball collectively, don't follow through enough with those. It's almost like I said, checking the box. Oh yeah, we're community. Uh, it's like community affairs, right? There's some teams that are really good at community outreach, like yeah. legitimate. When I was at the Arizona Diamondbacks, they and, and the Texas Rangers, they both have great community outreach programs and they're in communities all the time, whether it's in the off season or in season. And it's a constant thing. The angels do some of that. I haven't been a whole part of it in my 10 years. I haven't done a whole lot of it or nor have I been asked to do a whole lot of it, but it's those little programs that, that, that help you build a fan base from a regional perspective. Now you need to do that. You know, that's what the major league baseball office is all about is, is getting all of those different regions and, and regionals, um, in the community and building something that gains momentum from a national perspective so you could sell it. What was one of the biggest things that happened this past off or this last couple of months during COVID? The players decided to get on Twitch and do these games. Yeah. That became like the biggest thing, right? It's like all, all of a sudden you, the market for the, the players themselves are, are much better at marketing themselves than, than the business of baseball is. Right. That's a sad thing. But because there's no part, no true partnership uh, between the two entities, you don't see that as a springboard of, oh, you know what? Let's try this, this, and this. 
Yeah. Um, you know, instead of showing replays, how many times have you seen the O2 World Series on the, on Fox Sports West or you know, uh, Mike Witt's combined no-hitter with Mark Langston? It's the same thing over and over again, right? Why didn't you take the time to maybe create a cooking show, a live cooking show or contest between Mike Trout and Justin Upton and David Fletcher and Tommy Listell, each in their own homes, create new content. And that's what it's all about, right? In our society today, in our world, it's all about content creation, right? What can you do? What's fresh? What keeps me hooked? That's the mindset that has to change from a baseball perspective. It's kind of like, uh, like just last week, I don't know if you watched the last dance, the Michael Jordan doc, but mm -hmm. um, last week we were talking about how this dude would go to literally like in the doc they showed, he went to France and it was like the Pope was coming to town, right? Like, so right. He, I, I'm a, for, for the angels, I mean, maybe baseball in general to not have at least some of that with Mike Trout is like criminal to us. Because yeah, this dude could be larger than life, and we like we're just kind of. I mean, we've been following him. I'm I'm 23, 28. We've been following him since he came up, right? So right for for him to still be kind of like, I don't know if you saw on Twitter. There was a little joke going around. He he was in a Home Depot and he had his mask on. Like, oh my God, I'm surprised he got recognized. You know, and it's like for for that to even be a thing. It, so it's like it's almost like bad for the sport that he's not a, more of a star than yeah. he already is. Yeah. No, and you know, I think it's 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 all up to the individual, right? Mike is a guy, as we know, it is is more of a reserve guy. Doesn't necessarily care about being out in front. You know, we were just talking about that this morning when, um, uh, I think Jess Trout posted some pictures. Yeah. They took some pictures. Uh, what is it, thirty three weeks pregnant and all that stuff? And um, my wife is like, oh my gosh, the pictures are always so beautiful, and they've got the, you know they had the perfect scenery and the backdrop. And I said, I said, you know what the the the, what separates Mike from a lot of different celebrities is one, he's got the wherewithal, right? He's got the means to, to have the best photographer. He's got the means to, to have the best locations, the best look and everything. What separates the Trout family from those that are always seeking celebrity or trying to be in front of is that he does it at his own pace. He puts out what he and his wife want to put out. And sure, they're chronicling their lives, but they're doing so in a manner that he wants that's how he would like to be portrayed like he gets it he understands it i mean i mean it, it's genius when you look at jess and when you look at mike's picks and the things that he does it's all tempered it's thought out and and it looks right it sends the right message that's marketing that's 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 properly marketing yourself he doesn't care about you know being the guy that says the thing that's most controversial that's not his thing right when you look back just a two days three days ago Right. Yeah. What happened? Like, what happened yeah. when he put the when he put the tweet out? When and where? Yeah. Right. We're that thing. And who picked up on it? Exactly. Bryce Harper retweeted it. Garrett Cole. Everyone knows that his voice matters. Everyone knows in this game that his voice matters. Now again, it's finding that partnership and creating that partnership to get him and other individuals to do things that help grow the game, not just to say, "Oh, yeah, we did this or we did that." truly grow the game and it's a steady thing it's not a, a one-off or a two-off it's a steady diet of doing things that build uh, to, to to whatever the end goal is if it's growing the fan base and selling tickets selling sponsorships whatever the case may be I think that's how that's the approach that you have to have with uh, with most most of these initiatives yeah and I think uh, that, that's a great point um, but now shifting gears over to to you our guest you've had some of the best calls, I think, and it's, it's been like, it's grown to become some of my favorite is like, light that baby up, 
you know, uh, big fly, drive home safely. Like, where, where do you come up with these things? Like, it just kind of happens. And, and I think Light That Baby Up has become, like you said, it grows the fan base. Because when you see synonymous with, yeah. with us at this point. Yeah, I, you know, uh, Light That Baby Up uh, in particular, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to say once I got the job. And so when I left MLB Network and I joined the Angels, you know, I've never been in that role of lead play-by-play guy, whether it's on radio or on television. So I never, I was never the guy that finished the game. Uh, I was always the middle innings guy, right? And so this was my first foray into going to a a regional team and being the lead guy. And I felt that uh, while Rory had his saying and Dick Enberg has had his saying as far as, uh, you know, after a win, um, I'm not a big believer of copying anybody. Um, I think you have to become your own individual and, and stand on your own two feet. And, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know how and when I came up with it. It's just the first thing to kind of, I said, nah, that kind of sounds good. Yeah. And I tried it and that's kind of what I've stuck with. Uh, at times I've thought about changing it. Like after one, you know, year after year, I came up with that. I think I'm going to do something else. And I end up going back to it. Yeah. So that's where that comes from. Um, the big fly thing, you know, the big fly is just a name for a home run and it's something that's been around forever. Uh, we use it in the minor leagues uh, as just a, a term, just like dialing eight. Dialing, nobody knows what dial eight is anymore. Uh, but in the minor leagues, back in the day when you stayed at a hotel, in order to call long distance, you had to pick up the phone, hit the number eight. And so you had to dial eight for long distance. And so that's where dialing eight comes from. But nobody knows that because it doesn't get used anymore and you seldom have to use dial eight because you use your cell phone now, right? So Big Fly was just one of those things. I, I've done it forever. I've got friends from, even to this day, from the Rangers when I was here for the five seasons that they don't call me Victor or anything like that. They call me, hey, Big Fly's here or whatever. They, that's how they text me and stuff like that. So um, it's, just, it's just one of those things I like to do. I, I get excited for home runs. I think they're, it's an exciting moment in a game. Uh, and for me, it's the, the perfect exclamation point for that, for that moment, at least for the good guys. That's kind of – I had it like – I don't know if you – you've probably called so many. Like, I don't know if you have one particular. But my personal favorite is when Trout hit the game-time grand slam off Chris Sale. You, it sounded like you were like, oh, man, like, is this going to get out? And then you said, like, Eaton's going back. You know, he's at the wall. And then you, like, big fly because you're so, you're so excited. He tied the game. Do you have, like, yeah. a, favorite, a favorite moment, like a favorite call? Um. Well, I've said um, I've had I've been fortunate enough, especially late with Albert being on the Angels to have a lot of memorable calls, you know, from from, you know, 500, 600 home runs, 3000 hits, 2000 RBIs, all that stuff are are all great. Um, No, no's are great. Um, I I always come back to Sammy Sosa's 600th home run and um, and more more than likely it's because. I had his 599th, which I think was a, either just a regular homer. Or I, I want to say it's a grand slam in Cincinnati when we were on the road uh, playing interleague. Um, and I was with the Rangers at the time. And I told my broadcast partner, Eric Nadell, who's now a Hall of Fame broadcaster. At the time, he's the main broadcast, still is, for the Rangers on radio. And I said to him the next day after Sosa hit 599, I said, listen, anytime if, if Sammy comes up during my innings, I had three, four, five, the middle innings. Um, I want to hand it off to you. So you have the call because, I mean, you're Eric Nadell and, you know, I'm nobody and you should, your voice should be on it. And he said, absolutely not. Whenever it happens, it happens. And we were at home and the Cubs were in town. And uh, Sammy comes up 
Jason Marquis on the mound pitching for the Cubs, wearing Sammy Sosa's old number 21. And Sammy goes oppo to the bullpen in right center field for number 600. And it was just – that to me is still like – it was just the perfect scenario, right? It's the Cubs, number 21 – whole animosity between the Cubs and Sammy and the, the breakup between the two teams. And here he is going opposite field in Arlington uh, for the 600. So I think that right now is still my, my, my most favorite call. Um, almost like one that I don't talk about a whole lot of is, uh, is uh, we're, I think it was, a, yeah, it was a day game. And one of those days where you just, it's middle of summer. And um, I told uh, Trout was up with the bases loaded. And, uh, you know, we have these boxes with our heads that are plugged in and uh, one's a cough button. The other one's a button that you talk to the people in the truck. So I held the cough button down and I told our stage manager, I said, if he hits a, if he hits a slam here, I'm going to call it a slam a lama ding dong like Joe Buck did in, in, the, in the beer commercial. Yeah. And sure as heck, man, he goes, he drives one out to, to right center field. It's the only time I've ever done it. Um, and exactly, that's exactly what I said. Slam a lemma ding dog, you know. Was and that uh, the, was but, the one you hit into the trout net? What's that? Was that the one that he hit into the trout net? I don't, I don't remember where it went because as soon as, as soon as he hit it and I said it, I was like pointing to our stage. I wasn't paying attention because it was like I told you he's gonna hit one, you know. Um, but you know, there's things like that that go on through the course of a season, especially a long season, where you, you know, you're just trying to break up the monotony of things and just yeah. have some fun and. You know, the dog days of summer are tough, especially in August and early September, especially when the team's not going well. So you're just trying to just, just trying to liven it up, you know, and have fun with it. And I, I know some people crush me for saying slam a lama ding dong, but hey man, if you can't have fun, you're you're in the wrong business. So uh, going a little back to the Sammy Sosa thing, uh, I'm kind of a I'm kind of a numbers guy when it comes to baseball. And I know I know Pujols is about 44, 46 um, home runs away from you know, being the third only to have uh, 700 and 700. 703,000. Do you think possibly yeah. you think that's something where if, you, you know, he loses a year, uh, half a year here and then maybe next year, do you think he comes back, maybe not with the Angels, but do you think he plays to get to 700? I, I think if he plays anywhere, it'll be with the Angels. I don't think he'll go anywhere else to do it beyond the contract. Yeah. Um, the 700 thing, I started talking about that last year on the air where – the season he was having, he was 100% healthy. He was doing so well. He was playing a lot of first base, looked good over at first base for a guy his age and with the injury history that he had. Um, I started looking at the numbers, and I looked at two years. I'm like, hey, man, he's got an outside chance at 700. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I know Albert, he, he just wants to, he wants to win a championship. That's his number one motivator. He doesn't need to accomplish anything else from a numbers perspective. He's in the Hall of Fame, first ballot. Yeah. Um, but that being said, uh, there's, there has to be some little bit of him in the back of his mind thinking, man, I'm, I'm almost a Willie Mays. And then next up is 700. I think I, you know, I'm going to do my best. I would, I know I would. And I asked him, he, he was our very first guest on our podcast back in, uh, in early April. And I asked him that question. Um, and, and the way I laid it out was, you, you know, you had all this momentum last year. And now you're going into this year, and with two years left, you, I would imagine you're thinking about it, and now you have to shut down, and you don't know when you're going to be back. Yeah. Is that a little frustrating? And he's like, no, you know, he played it off. But I would imagine it's got to be a little frustrating because that's such a magical number. 
I mean, he, like I said, it doesn't, season ends, his career ends today. And it doesn't matter. He's going in the Hall of Fame. But yeah. boy, oh boy, wouldn't it? It'd just been nice to have that chase to get the 700. I mean, you think about it. I mean, that's just a ridiculous number. Um, and it would just be amazing to get there. I mean, we haven't seen anything like that since, I mean, what, maybe like, we thought maybe A-Rod was going to get there, but then everything happened with him. Like Right. Right. I mean, he did that. that well, that was self-inflicted, obviously. Yeah. I mean, that was his own doing. And that's, yeah, he probably would have been there. Um, you know, it, it's, I mean, that's, that's a subject for another day. I don't want to tell. How difficult would it be, or maybe how easy would it be for uh, maybe to follow along a 50 game, whatever, 50, 60, you know, they're going back and forth. Like how, how easy or hard do you think that'll be to, for, for maybe an average fan to follow along? Cause it is kind of a sprint. Um, yeah, it, I don't. I don't know that it'll be uh, hard for them to follow along. I think the digesting of the geographical alignment, meaning you're only playing American League West, American League, uh, or National League West teams, uh, that'll be unique onto itself. And it all depends on what the number is. It's going to be a. It'll be an even number of games, uh, I, I would imagine. And so I think I think that's probably the more difficult part. Um, you know, and then you've got all these rules that are. Uh, it's going to be universal DH, which I think should have happened years ago. Um, you know, all these other little rules that they're talking about, um, the tweaking of, uh, you know, extra innings, because there's no minor leagues, yeah. right? So you're going to have to have a taxi squad. You're going to have to settle on a roster number. And because of that and worried about pitching, I would imagine extra innings are going to go away. And so, you know, we've been talking about this for months, about if you're ever going to have – with the new collective bargaining agreement coming next year, if you ever have an opportunity to try out things that you might want to implement into mm. next year or beyond, yeah. this would be the season to do it, right? You've got a, you've got a blank canvas, just try stuff. The problem is that that was great two months ago when I said it on our show. The problem is, is now you've, you've really pissed away all the goodwill of trying to become the first sports team to come back or sports yeah. league to come back and play on the field, right? And all these other things that you that you probably should have implemented in maybe May, had we gotten back to playing, you know, maybe June one, yeah. that people would have said, okay, let's we're just a trial and error thing. Cool. Now it looks like a gimmick, right? And it's now you're trying to cram in 50 games or 55 or whatever the number is, and you're going to put a runner at second base in the tenth inning, and there's no extra. You know, now it all seems really gimmicky, like a last second, just throw everything in the pot and let's just stir it up. Okay, so. Again, it was it, this. All of this is all self-inflicted. All of it is self-inflicted. This easily could have been done uh, in the right way and still kept your fan base or appeased your fan base. And unfortunately, that's just not the case. Yeah, um, it is unfortunate. Uh, we don't want to take up too much of your time. We know you got to take off, but I guess just from me, yeah, you you can finish it. But uh, I just want to know. Uh, we we call it like LeBron syndrome. I guess maybe to stick to baseball, it could be like Barry Bonds syndrome, like. You could give the MVP to LeBron every single year, and like maybe some people would have like take offense to it, but it, it would probably be warranted, you know, if you really think about it. And mm -hmm. same thing with Mike Trout. He has four now. He probably could have seven or eight. Is three? Okay, so he's got to get four, and he probably could have seven or eight. Um, <laughs> He'll get fourth this year in his 55 game schedule or whatever that's exactly. going to be. <laughs> um, he, so he really could. I mean, there's a case to be made every single year for him to have it, and. I know maybe people say it's not good for the sport, whatever, but do you, from like, from the broadcasting perspective, is it just crazy to see this guy play like day in and day out and the things that he does? 
Yeah. Uh, I, you want to take that point about it. You know, some people might think it's not right for the sport or whatever. Look, if Mike Trout wins the MVP every single year, I don't think that damages the sport. I don't think it lessens anything because I, I think when you look at the collection of talent across Major League Baseball, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's ridiculous how much young talent, how much really good young talent there is uh, in the game of baseball today. And the funny thing is, is that all these young players that keep coming up that are supposed five tool players are all now being, is he the next Mike Trout? Is this the guy the next? Just think about that first. Oh, man. The, the hope is, is that someday he is a guy that everyone looks back as is the greatest player of all time because I think he is on and off the field. Um, to my job, I, I'm fortunate in that during the down times or the tough times of the team that I know I get four at-bats or Mike Trout yeah. and he might make some spectacular yeah. play out in center field. That's the saving grace. Yeah. And now on top of that, you've got – you know, Albert Pools, you know, finishing up a Hall of Fame career. You've got this guy named Shohei Otani, who is just an incredible stud. You've got an unbelievable shortstop in Angleton Simmons. You've got this spark plug in David Fletcher. You got the next Mike Trout coming, apparently, in Joe Adele. Oh, yeah. I mean, so those those yeah, are the things I'll get excited about. Those yeah. are the fun things, you know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've seen it in spring training. You know what he's yeah. capable of doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh you're going to see it eventually, but hopefully we get back to the field so we can all see some baseball. Wait, sorry, let me yeah. one more and you finish it. Okay. Um, so, so. It's good, it's good, it's good. All right, we got just a little bit. Okay. Yeah, so I won't wrap this. I don't know why it keeps happening. Um, okay, so sorry. I know you're – so Cuban – you got Cuban blood. We're both, we're both Mexican here. Uh, do you have a favorite, like, Latino, maybe a favorite Cuban player or, like, a favorite just Latin player in general in the league right now? Right now? Yeah. Ronald Acuna Jr. Oh yeah, That's great man. I, I I think that kid is is stupid good, and I love Juan Soto too. I just I love I freaking love the fact that, that whole thing that he stares at a pitcher. I just love that. I just I just love that attitude, man. I just oh. he he wants to look. The guy on the mound's trying to beat you with every single pitch, and um, I I just I love that 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 intensity that's what i love about max scherzer max scherzer is like this psycho on the mound yeah, that he just yeah. wants to shove every single pitch and yeah. that's that i love that i just i think that's good for the game of baseball but i mean i remember when acuna first got called up i had joe simpson who at the time was doing some tv for the for the braves as our analyst and i said is acuna the real deal and he goes uh he goes he's got a really good chance to be mike trout like and yeah, wow. um ronald is, has certainly look have there been bumps in the road as far as the, the learning process for a young player like Ronald at the major league level? Yeah, there has. Running not, not running out ball. Those are the things about playing the game the right way. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't play the right hustle and do all that stuff, you're going to lose a lot of fans that way. And I think he's learning that. I think, I think there's enough of a, of a structure in Atlanta that is teaching him those, those qualities that, you know, that maybe he didn't quite have. And I think that's fine. Same with Juan Soto. I'm sure guys have talked to him about some of that stuff. And he dialed it down a little bit. But you know what? Next game, he's back at it. Yeah. Um, he wants to battle. And I think those that, – that's, that's fun to watch. But they're, again, across the board with not even talking about skin color, ethnicity, there is so much talent in this game of baseball. I mean, you yeah. go team for team. Uh, it's crazy how you don't want to watch some of these guys play on a, on a daily basis. Yeah, uh, I, I love Tatis and Acuna and Soto. All three of those guys yeah. are going to push. I haven't team. had a chance to. I haven't had a chance to f watch him, uh, Tatis, in person yet. 
Um, but I, everyone that I've yeah. I've talked to says he's pretty legit too. Yeah, I know. I know you guys went to Chicago last year, and I'm, I'm a big hobby bias guy, so that's that was cool. yeah. So uh, I like I like hobby as well, man. All right, Vic. One last question, just uh, real quick. Don't want to take up a ton of your time. Um, 2020 season was wacky. Everything's going on. Uh, I just want to know personally. Do you have any? maybe new calls that you have hidden in the chamber that you're going to unleash in 2020. You might want to preview here. Nah, 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 nothing, nothing that I haven't actually even thought about it beyond. And I don't really, I, I, I seldom do anything. It's usually more of a spur of the moment thing. I, yeah. I rarely think about things ahead of time. And, uh, cause, cause I think sometimes when you do that, you get too focused on that versus what you're supposed to be watching and seeing. Yeah. And uh, for us, this year will be a little challenging, especially with the road games, calling them off monitors. Um, you know, the focus really has to be on what that other, what the home show director is yeah. cutting as a, as a show, because that's what, that's all we're going to get. Typically when we're, we do what they call dual feeds on the road, meaning there's one truck, there's a home show and a visiting show in the same truck. Mm -hmm. um, and most of our shots are pulled from the home show, but we get two cameras. So our director can go to our two cameras so he could follow along with how we're talking about the game. Gotcha. Uh, that's going to be gone. I believe that's going to be gone. So it's really going to be relying on that home show to, to kind of what they call cut a game that's really not unbiased, not one-sided or the other, more of a true world feed so that we can, as visiting uh, broadcasters, can call the game. So that, that'll that be challenging into itself. So even thinking about some sort of a call, yeah. uh, I haven't even thought about it. But, you know, knowing my brain, anything can come out. Mike's not, Mike's not a good uh, just we, an we've, been, we've been thinking about some. We've been thinking uh, way up, Jay up. Uh, you know, that one's in the trout field. We're, 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 just yeah. trying, we're just trying to be like you. We're trying to come up with our own uh, – <laughs> Saying, so. It's got to flow, man. It's got to, it's got to, it's got to flow, and it's got to appease a lot of people. So that's that's why you got to be careful, you know. I was, hey, I I was worried when I uh, when Shohei hit his very first home run, and I said uh, for Big Fly Otani son, I didn't, I said it, I didn't yeah. think about it, I said it, and then I then I was worried about, man, I, I meant it as a, in a respectful manner. I hope oh, yeah, I yeah. didn't offend anybody. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and it turns out. Japanese fans absolutely love it. Love I mean, it, they, yeah. they, they call me Roha-san, and then they send me <laughs> messages all the time. They send me pictures and stuff like that. So I'm thankful that they, they, uh, awesome. they appreciated the, uh, the gesture. Yeah, absolutely. You're, uh, you're the man. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Hopefully we see, uh, we see you in, in, the, I mean, in the booth. I guess the booth. But, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, my um, pleasure, guys. Uh, it was great chatting with you guys, and I wish you guys the very best. And like you said, I hope we're uh, we're seeing baseball for real uh, here very soon. Absolutely, appreciate it. Well, you safe, think we can get a drive home safely for the for the listeners? Right now, right now. <laughs> but drive home safely is usually something I got to scream, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. All right, uh, all right, all right fellas, drive home safely. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you man. Appreciate all it. All right, guys, have a good one. All right. Yeah, you too. God bless, man. Yo, that's an episode, baby. Wrap it. Victor Rojas. That interview was hope, great. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. You guys enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun. That shit slapped, if I do say so myself. Um, we'll catch you guys next week. Same place, same time. Max is really mad at me. Maybe. Still. Maybe.
Oh yeah, Max wants to kick me off the show. Um, so yeah, thank you guys for joining. That was episode 18, a slapper of an episode. Brian Goodwin. Um, we took this. I mean, we took the picture of Slamma Lama Ding Dong, and uh, man, a slap a lot of dongs on your face. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you guys want more of us, obviously go check us out on Twitter. I am Max Ferris 27. Carl Cervantes, 15. Uh, no Alvarez, 47. And, yeah, if you want more of us, LockerRoomSportsCA.com. Bunch of stuff on there. <laughs> no, it's not your – Is it not? What is it? Underscore Noah Alvarez. I mean, just pick your name and a number. Uh, underscore Noah Alvarez, 69. 47? Or no 47? Uh, 47. 47 is my email, bro. Okay, no 47. Underscore Noah Alvarez. Call him as well. Underscore Noah. Noah. Um, that's been a show again. Uh, we'd like to thank Rico's Popple Anchor for being uh, brought to you by them. And uh, another shout out to Rico Rojas. Happy Father's Day to all you guys. And, um, and shout out, shout out to Carl. <laughs>